Welcome to Thinking Reimagined, produced by Live Abundantly. Live Abundantly is committed to justice, equity, equality, diversity, and inclusion for the creation of a global society which respects the rights and well-being of all citizens. We invite you to visit our website livesabundantly.com to support our initiatives for women, youth and children. Thinking Reimagined, changing the mindset for For a a better better global society. between abundant resources and effective resourcefulness, Africa has grown to become a region where poor leadership remains the bane of development. In a continent where some believe women are meant to be seen and not heard, their hard work as a home front and contributions to society, which has significant human development, often goes unacknowledged. Now joining me on Skype to discuss what we have today, I have Dr. Ama Ogerima, convener, Live Abundantly Empowerment Initiative. Dr. Ama Ogerima, this matter concerning women is always being discussed, especially when we have conferences where we have women coming out to say, oh yes, we need to be at the forefront and all of that. But in your own words, on your own analysis, what's your perception on how women have been engaged in nation building in Africa for some time now? Well, the truth of the matter is that the there is a disparity in the representative representation, excuse me, of women and men in terms of nation building. And to really dissect that, you have to look at the gender roles that are um, attached to women or men. We tend to think of them in biological terms, but the reality, it is prescribed by the society we live in. So the society, the culture, the political setting will determine how well or how easy it is for one gender to access or be part of nation building. Um, You know, the UN report states that in Africa, actually developing worlds, 53% of the women are relegated to um, jobs that are on the lower paying strata that's if they even have access to those jobs. And it goes back to that gender issue. So until we reach a platform where we agree that all of us, male or female, have the right to perform and to have access to education to the fullest extent um, of the law, to the fullest extent of the society, we're going to have that disparity. And we need both men and women, girls and boys, who will eventually grow up to be women and men, to participate in what is going on. And so education becomes very important. Um, Access to resources becomes very important. And then we need to break up those cultural biases against women. Mm. And talking about cultural bias, we're yet to fully understand what really is behind the relegation of women and the background, because like you said, both women and men have a role to play in any given society, but the women still haven't been given that opportunity to stand equal to the men. So what would you say is responsible for women's relegation to the background? It's religious and it's cultural. Mm. When, you have a, when you have a society that's heavily religious or the culture states that women are inferior to men or they lack the competitive nature or intelligence or the vigor that is needed to participate fully in the socioeconomic sphere, it affects the way women are viewed. Mm. And, you know, 
surprising to say, even though right now we have a, a Ethiopia celebrating its first female president, the country right now also uh, has uh, uh, about 37% of uh, women in its parliament and not forgetting Rwanda, which tops the UN list of uh, countries with the most women in parliament. Would you say Africa generally is rising to the occasion of allowing women to take the front seat, even though this is happening in East Africa? The western part of the country, of the continent rather, is yet to experience same. Well, you've you raised a very important point because when you even look at South Africa, it's 43%. When you look at Cameroons, it's 20%. But in Nigeria, we're at 7%. And we know the story in the Senate. How many women do we have? Seven. The rest of them are men, 102 of them. When you look at the House of Representatives, only about 30% of those. There is this cultural bias against women going into politics. It is viewed as a man's world. It is viewed that women don't have the intellectual vigor, that the women can't um, excel with the pressure that is put on them, especially if they have to be mothers. And then, of course, there's that bias against women that perhaps the women who are going into politics um, are divorcees or they've come from failed marriages, so they can't really be taken seriously. Um, and they don't have the resources. You have to have access to resources. And when you don't have that, you really can't compete on the same platform. This is Think and Remargined, a Leave Abundantly production. In association with Nelkan Media. Welcome back. At a time when some of the world's biggest problems come as the side effect of a system that rarely works for a society in a male-dominated world, women continue to make a difference at various levels as peacemakers and pace-setters. The story of Erlen Johnson Sirleaf has shown that a better continent is possible and all it takes is an opportunity to correct the leadership mistakes of the past and connect the strings of hope for the future. Women have been envisaged to be less corrupt than the men, although some researchers are yet to have their findings to back that claim. But in an essence, there was a time when we had a first, we had a speaker who was a female and she was attached to corruption. And also we had a minister, a vision minister, and she was also linked to, cor to corruption. Now, some would say a woman was given that opportunity for high positions and which was misused. So what's the guarantee, for instance, that if a woman give, gets the opportunity to be perhaps the president, she wouldn't be corrupt? It's interesting you should a question because has anyone addressed the fact that men are also corrupt and yet they are the ones who are in charge and we have such a dominance of, of men in politics and in other areas so why would a woman or why should women be grouped together as one and penalized because one or two women have not um, done the duties or performed to the highest level you know the story corruption is everywhere mm. and no one is criticizing the men for being corrupt they still continue to dominate so if it continues to dominate what then happens what's next how can we change the narrative you have to change the narrative by, by making sure that the women come together and they have a voice and they use that voice, that they get educated. 
People don't realize in Nigeria, 71% of the women are not educated. You talked earlier about participation. Participation in politics or in anything, it's about 15% in Nigeria, participation of women in politics, whether they're gathering people to come and vote or they're speaking up, it's only 15%. And yet we're half of the population. So sensitization is very important, but we need to educate women. We need to girls let's educate the girls so that they become more in tune with what their duties are as citizens one two we need to encourage women to to speak up to be part of the the social fiber the economic fiber the political fiber very critical we have to support them women need to work together and we need men to also support women who have um, the visions to or, or visionaries let's be even more um, accurate visionaries whether it's in politics whether it's in education or anything else but there must be that support women don't have the same access to resources women don't have the same access to education and women are not seen as leaders we say it all the time yes things are improving but it has not reached the level that it should be you know final thoughts now where would you say the woman will be in the next uh, five or perhaps two years from now in Nigeria and of course in the western part of, of our continent for instance? I think the most important thing is that we must have equal access to education for boys and girls. We must also teach our girls the skills that they need whether it's within their home, outside their home, in school, getting jobs. Um, they need to get those skills. We need to mentor our girls. We need to teach our girls to work as teams and to collaborate on establishing and growing their future and doing things together. Boys learn this from a very early age. They learn to work together, yeah. talk about playing football. They learn those things at a very young age. We don't do that with the girls. We, we separate the girls and we have them doing housework, which is individual work unless they have siblings that they're collaborating with. But boys learn really early that if we work together, we can do it better. We can have better ideas. The same thing must be done with girls. And then we have to have resources. It's really important to have equal access to resources. I'm talking about resources from having money, to having equipment, to having the skills, all of that are the resources that are very important. You know, my thing is, if we don't start to appreciate and value our women, starting with the girls, we're in trouble. So we can talk about things getting better, but the reality is the cultural bias the religious bias still exists. And it's the reason why even those girls who are lucky to get into decent jobs don't get the promotions that they deserve. Mm. We're promoting, they promote the boys, they promote the men. But what about those women who are working hard? And why are the women still being subjected to discrimination and gender bias? Mm. Dr. Ama Ogerima, Convenient Live Abundantly Empowerment Initiative. It's a pleasure to have you on the program. This has been a production of Thinking Reimagined in association with Nelkan Media. Mm -hmm.